Alright, what's going on? This is StoochCast episode 132. 132 too many. But today I have a very uh, special guest with me, Mr. Christian Seapost. What's going on everybody? Hope coronavirus isn't uh, affecting any of you. Hope quarantine's all fine and dandy. <laughs> it's fine and dandy for me. I keep at, I've... What I've done is I've asked, like, you know, I just start going around asking people. I'm like, you know, you know anybody that's, like, gotten this? You know? I, yeah. So, I asked so that. Personally, I have, yeah, um, in, in, in my business, um, one of our clients, his wife died from it. So oh, shit. that was one of the things that hit home with us. But um, I, I, I want to say another client of ours got it, but I think they're okay so far. Uh, okay, so. yeah. It's definitely nothing to... It's nothing to sneeze at, nothing to mess around no, with, but, um, not. I just, what I keep wondering about is, I guess, just, you know, with, uh, just the governor and, like, the stay-at-home order, I think the only people, the only people in Pennsylvania that are allowed to go back in, uh, the yellow zone is just, like, the northwest part of the right. state where, like, nobody really lives, so. Yeah, exactly, besides, I mean, yeah. you look at Beaver County, I mean, every single case, for the most part, or in nursing homes, and, and we're all stuck here struggling from it all. So, I don't know. I think there's more to it that they don't like to disclose. Yeah, it's just like, I feel like, um, well, in the nursing homes especially, like if they just get one case in the nursing home, it just passes through like right. like crazy. So those have to be, you know, shut down yeah. like crazy. Yeah. You know, you well, can't really let anybody in, visitors. yeah. Yeah. yeah, they've been shutting down visitors for two, three months now, however long it's been. And that's another thing. It's like, why, why are we suffering? Because it's all isolated. Yeah, and it's, def- it's definitely like, I don't know. It's just like, I know, I have like a grandparent that's in a nursing home. You go into a nursing home and it's always just, it's definitely a rough, it's a rough experience to walk yeah. To it walk sure through is. it, it's very, it's very sad. There's nothing, sure there's nothing happy about it. And it doesn't, uh, doesn't surprise me that. Um, yeah. it would just spread like crazy. That's like a, that's like a negative way. This is a pretty ne- sorrow way to start, but I, um, <laughs> I, I steered it in that direction, but, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, here, I'll, I'll bring up something happy, like the draft this year, Sure. you know, sure. and it's, you know, I saw the draft, like there was rumors and stuff going that the Steelers were going to trade to get a first round pick trade juju or get some you know get some star running back something like that and like none of that happened the Steelers just basically stuck with the draft uh I want to see what your take is what do you how do you feel about the draft for the Steelers you know I I've given them a B rating the entire time um the, the wide receiver they drafted in the second round absolutely love that pick um you know the fact that he has a better 40 time than Antonio Brown he's bigger he's taller I mean you can't really judge anybody until you actually see them play. But, you know, he's even more physical than, than Juju, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But, you know, when you look back at Mike Wallace, Mike Wallace was just, you know, fast and he could catch. But he wasn't he wasn't that go-to guy that you knew was going to catch everything like a Heinz Ward would be, let's just say. And in terms of running backs, you know, they're, they're a dime a dozen. They ask for all this money. You give it to them. Two, three years later, stop. Yeah. So I, I was hoping they were going to get a high name. But, you know, when it comes to the Steelers drafting, 
I trust their decisions. I really do. I mean, yeah, there's busts like Jarvis Jones and uh, uh, Sammy Coates and all that, but, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. But apparently that running back that they drafted out of Maryland, Reggie Bush put out a thing today on Twitter, and he said that uh, he actually sees him becoming a better running back than Le'Veon Bell was. I don't, I don't know if... I don't know if I'd go that far, like, say that, just given how good Le'Veon Bell was the first, you know, four years. Well, Le'Veon Bell's first year, he wasn't very good. I think he is, in terms of, like, rushing yards, he was, like, three and a half yards a carry, and then, like, the next year he really blew up and became, you know, just not only a great running back, but a great pass catcher and receiver out the backfield. He was good for, you know, three years then, and then he held out his contract, and then after that signed a deal. And then just kind of like, you know, after he got the money, just kind of like, ah, I'm with the Jets, I'm hanging it. Like, his main focus wasn't wasn't football at that point after that deal was signed. Right. And, you know, that's another thing, too, is, you know, I, I give James Carter all the respect in the world. He gets hurt very frequently, as we all know. And secondly, you know, his, his toss-catching skills aren't the best. And when, when the, uh, when, whenever Leonard Fournette came up, I was all on board with trading for him, especially for how cheap he was. I was kind he's of excited. I was a bit back. excited too. Yeah. Yeah, he's an established back who has pass catching skills, but you know, a, a couple people that I was seeing, they were saying that you know he's kind of like a cancer in the locker room, and <laughs> every Steeler fan is aware of what the last two did to to the team. Yeah, and with like you get yeah. away from that. Yeah, with like egos. Well, Fournette, I'd. I remember just, you know, when the Steelers play the Jaguars in the playoffs, they just handed that ball off to him, and it was just, yeah. it was an old-school, like, ass-kicking, just running the ball, had three times. To- I think he only averaged, had, like, four yards a carry or something, but they gave him, like, 30 carries, and he just, by the end of the yeah. game, just winded, you know, winded yeah. everybody down, and that defense got tired. What I'm excited about, I think what you brought up with that second-round pick, that he, he has to come in, and it's like, he's really got to, like, perform like first year like he's got to be you know there it can't be just like a project or some first year like big ben could retire like we don't know how ben's gonna play like there's a lot of questions going into the season we don't know if there's gonna be any season <laughs> i mean yeah that too that too Let's but i that, i i don't even want to think about that like, yeah. i think they're gonna play they're gonna figure out a way where they're if it's just open field no fans or something they're gonna, i think the nfl it's just like the nfl's like they're big. They have money. You know, it's a game, It's one game a week. You know what I mean? It, it kind of fits like the right. mold for quarantine. You have nobody. You have nothing else to watch. The NFL is kind of loving this. Right. Yeah, I mean, if if yeah. like nobody could do anything else, then it's just like football. You know, to watch. Yeah, yeah. For like I mean, thirty-two from the teams. Of yeah. Playing games with no fans and everything, though. Ninety percent of the money's made in these stadiums. And then whenever you start looking at people going to bars and how much money that that generates for cities and everything else, that's that's the part where inside I don't believe that they would play games without fans. Um, you know, I know the NHL today was talking about playing in hub cities, and luckily Pittsburgh is one of them. But you know, why why are you playing in these hub cities? You know, if you don't want to play in front of fans, let teams play in their home arenas i don't understand that part of it yeah i just think i just think overall it's just i guess reopening the economy and 
right. stuff like that. It's just everything's like a question mark here on out. Well, I do I do know one thing. Like from what I've seen, it's uh, just the daily cases that have like gone up. It's not like astronomical like it was in the beginning in like March. Nowadays, for like the country, it's kind of like flat. It's kind of like flatline. Yeah. Yep. But now yep. it's you know you didn't have like this crazy amount of cases where it's like the hospitals were just getting overwhelmed and it's like yep. it would have been a total disaster. So it's at this point now it's I kind of like where it's like a state by state thing. Yeah. Because it's like some states are opening, and it's like states that haven't been hit as hard. All I know it's like New York just got hit incredibly hard because you're pretty much living on top of each other you know you got elevator you know elevators just the ventilation systems they had to close the subway they closed the subway for the first time in like a hundred some years in new york that and the subways subway's kind of gross and it's just (laughs) everybody no matter who you are in new york you're you're at that subway that that brings everybody together like rich or poor you know like it does of all classes and just like backgrounds like people use do use that subway and it just like brings everybody together so it's you know it, it took this for them to finally clean it <laughs> so yeah, i mean that's that's what i was thinking about too is like you know it's it, i want to say it was 115 years that they never closed it down to clean it so is that 115 years of terms i mean if you if you don't know a handle on that you should be immune to anything if you ask me <laughs> yeah it's just yeah it's i don't know it's it's yeah, I remember taking the subway like one time I was at New York. I went to a Yankee. It was a Yankee game, and um, you know, just going up, just going up to the Bronx. We were like in Manhattan, yeah. going all the way up to like the Bronx, and just like seeing just how big the city was. But like the subway, yeah. the subway was fun to go on. It was fun to go on the subway. But I think like you know, long term, uh, you'd probably eventually just get if you live here, you probably just get sick, like eventually get sick yeah. of it. It becomes like gruel. <laughs> I mean, commuting every single day on the subway or coming from New Jersey into the city. Oh, I couldn't imagine that, that's for sure. Yeah, just packed in there like sort of, Yes, yeah, true, especially in like rush hour between like, you know, 6.30 in the morning to like, you know, 9.30 and then rush hour coming back, just how crowded that gets too. We were only there in like during the weekend yeah, on like exactly. a Saturday. So it just, you know, wasn't peak hours, but I don't know, back to like uh, – just lo- just losing focus here. Back to the ste- back to the, like the Steelers. I think <laughs> I think with um, you know Juju, like they were like saying offering the a pick for Juju. Like teams were like considering it. Then a part of me was kind of like, I mean, maybe if he wasn't coming back next year and you weren't going to sign him, but then another part was like, who else has been going to throw the ball to that he knows? Right. So I mean, geez, yeah. they scored they scored what ten points on average in like every single game last year. It's like I mean, 16, yeah. yeah. The mean, last three games, the Steelers sucked. Gone, all of them would have struggled with that offense. And, you know, the other thing that came to my attention was, I put a lot of the blame on the offensive line. But, you know, when you think about it, when the quarterback comes under center, he looks, he can read a defense, especially whenever you're talking about a guy like Ben. I mean, any any of those elite players can do this. I mean, maybe, maybe Doc and, and Mason, they weren't able to read it as well, and that really put the offensive line at a disadvantage, too. Yeah, just um, I just know like I think the last three games of the season, I think the like the offense only allowed like, uh, they only the, the offense only scored like ten to like sixteen points or something like that. The defense was still good because I remember like at some point last year the Steelers were like eight and five or something. Like it looked yeah. like they were gonna make the playoffs, but then yeah, they they, were in first they place just slumped. In the AFC North. Yeah, and then they just t- they 
the defense couldn't carry. But I'm excited for this year because, I mean, defensively, I I think they'll be fine. I think all the players they need to get better will get better. TJ, you know, TJ Watt, I think Devin Bush will really be good. Minka Fitzpatrick, both of those two guys will really be good. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing to talk about. You know, if you're upset about not having a first-round draft pick this year, Steelers got Minka Fitzpatrick for a first-round pick. That's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, um, ESPN. They, they put out a thing last week that I saw, and I, I despise ESPN. I, I think I think everything they put out there is just for attention and clickbait. Yeah. They had the Steelers ranked 14th in the league. They had the number, what, 2-3 defense in the league last year? Yeah. And now Ben's coming back? And, you know, this is my opinion. You got Deontay Johnson. You got James Washington. You got Juju. Chase Claypool. Ben. Hopefully Connor can stay healthy. That team's going to be pretty good this year. You got Eric Eric Ebron. They signed yeah, him at Ebron tight end. Too, That's a big. Uh, that was definitely a big move because I knew a few years ago with Andrew Luck, Ebron had like he had twelve, thirteen touchdown catches. So yeah, it's exactly. just you know you have a guy that could get open in the red zone, and he's six four. So it's like when Vance McDonald gets hurt or something. But it's like to have big targets like Claypool, Ebron, you know. Uh, Vance McDonald. I mean, you know, it's, I think they'll that would help Ben. But here's the thing that here's my worry though, with uh, back to that back to the pick. And I think this draft falls on if Chase Claypool could come in and really make a difference because you know people always talk about getting Ben a big target. You know, Big Ben has a big wide receiver he could throw to. Historically, that hasn't like worked out for him. You know, you had Plaxico Burris, he got injured, he left. You had a guy like uh, Lima Swede. You know, I remember he dropped the ball in the end zone, and that was that was like his career done. Yeah, against touchdowns. the Ravens, whenever he he dropped it, and he faked like he was hurt. Yeah, and then and then uh, Martavis. Yeah, then you had Martavis uh, Bryant, who was good at the beginning. You were excited, and then like the weed and the suspensions just yeah. killed Too that career. Passed the CBA five years ago, he'd still be playing for us. Did the new CBA? <laughs> did the new CBA like? It, Make it okay for players to smoke weed, like no weed yeah, t- drug I testing. Yeah, I don't think you get suspended anymore. Okay, I know, like the NFL, their players' union. I just know that their union uh, kind of sucks. That they don't have guaranteed contracts in pro football. I get getting yeah. cut and injury, but every other sports league, like whatever those guys are listed to make, like they make it. You know, <laughs> for like a like a baseball contract, you sign a guy ten years, three hundred million, he's getting paid that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if hockey's all guaranteed or not. I know baseball is. I'm not sure about basketball. I don't. I don't really follow basketball much. But I'll tell you what. Last Dance might be my new favorite documentary of all time. Last Dance. I've heard a lot about it. I haven't watched. Like I haven't watched any of it. Can you just get like give a synopsis of what it is? Kind of break it down. Yeah. So basically, it's it's just basically the story of Jordan's career, and towards the end, um, the uh, GM of the Bulls. An absolute lunatic. He tried rebuilding whenever everybody was still in their prime, um, and he wanted to get rid of Phil Jackson. Jordan said, "You want to get rid of Phil? Well, you're going to get rid of me too. Good luck with that." So it, it just kind of brings in you know some elements talking about the the growing pains for Jordan trying to beat the Pistons, and then they finally do, and then uh, they go on, they win a couple championships. 
And then uh, it, it's just kind of like bouncing back and forth between the last year that Jordan was with the Bulls and then the progressions that he's made. But, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. I, I've watched every episode twice because I love it so much. I mean, I'm not even a basketball fan, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure you did the same thing, too. Whenever you were a kid, you went and watched Space Jam a couple times a week. Oh, yeah. That, that, like, Space Jam was just there. I was just watching it, like, the other day during quarantine because I just wanted yeah. something, yep. like, goofy to laugh at. And, like, that movie definitely, uh, definitely like, stands the test of time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so yep. fun. Like, everyone agrees, like, how just can't be a goofy and funny it is. And Michael Jordan in that movie is, like... He just plays the straight man like so well. Like he doesn't try yeah. to be doesn't try to be funny. He's just like, yeah, Michael Jordan. Like yeah. talking just the fact that he agreed to like, yeah, I'll pretend to talk to Looney Tunes characters. <laughs> exactly, Michael Jordan's playing basketball with Bugs Bunny. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll agree to do this. I think that's just enough to where yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, I get this. I re- I remember uh, oh, I remember watching that and I had a Nerf basketball hoop. Now I'd get so pumped up whenever the uh, opening song of the movie came on, and I'd start slamming nerf <laughs> balls into my nerf hoop. <laughs> it was just such a great movie. I mean, it's a classic. Oh, well, especially when they get uh, Bill Murray off the bench. That uh, that puts it over the edge for me. When they get uh, yeah. when Bill, Bill Murray's their sixth man, <laughs> and whenever and then whenever he's putting and he's talking to the ball to go in, that was good too. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, in uh, Michael Jordan's career, just, like, you know, at the beginning of it, he used to average, like, he would average, like, crazy, like, 35, 37 points per game. But the thing was, it was kind of similar to um, LeBron in a way. It's just, you know, Jordan didn't, Jordan didn't win, you know what I mean? He, like, he had this rep of, like, great player, you know, dynamic all around, but he just didn't win. But then, like, Scottie Pippen came along. Yeah. And Phil Phil Jackson, yes. He was scoring points like crazy, but they could never win the big games that they needed to. And they finally got him the supporting cast. And Scottie Pippen, everybody else they had, and then Dennis Rodman comes in. It was it was just game over for everybody after that. I mean, what, they won six in, oh, I don't know how many years. They Seven, won eight years, I think. They, three, they three-peated, yeah, and then, like, three-peated twice. And then, like, Jordan quit because he, he wanted to play baseball because his uh, father passed away. And then he came back, and then I think the year after he came back, they did another three-peat. So really, it's like he could have—they probably could have kept winning, you know. But he yeah, just—he I mean, just put the brakes on it. It was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and whenever you whenever you look at the whole baseball thing, it's—I understand it to an extent, but you know, seven, eight more champion or not more championships, but seven or eight championships versus you know struggling in double A, triple A ball. <laughs> kind of a tarnish on your reputation, if you ask me. Yeah, it just, <laughs> yeah, it, I get, I get what it, like he was trying to do. It's just like some his dad loved, you know. Right. And I guess trying exactly. to like remember him, or maybe he just wanted to take. Maybe just you know, at the end of the day, it's like guys like Michael Jordan, especially like you're right. a competitor, and he was like, all right, I kick basketball's ass. Why can't I? Why can't right. I be a pro baseball player? Exactly. And then you find out, yeah, a lot of these guys they've. Ever since they can hold a tee ball, you know, and just ever yeah. since they can hit a, you know, ball off the tee, like they've just mastered that crap. And some people just have like that hand-eye coordination. That's just all I you mean, need. You, you know me and the, the uh, big advocate of baseball I am. 
you know, there are very few athletes that I could say from any other sport that would be able to come in, step into the box, and hit 290, 300 against MLB pitchers. But, you know, I will compare baseball players to football players, basketball players. I mean, let, let's let's take Mike Trout, for example. He's the greatest player in baseball right now. You couldn't tell me he wouldn't be a, a star tight end in the NFL if you put him in that position. If you put him in there now and he could play tight end? Right. What's, like, his size? Is he 6'5"? I'm not sure what his height is, but I know he's big. I mean, he's built like a tight end. And yeah. he plays center field for the Angels. I mean, you play center field, you're built that big. Same thing with Harper. I love Bryce Harper. I, I'll say Mike Trout's a better player than him any day, but, you know, I, I believe the same thing with him. Um, you know, these guys are like the size of T.J. Watt, in my opinion. Now, nobody quote me on their statistics because I'm sure, you know, you can nitpick and find the height differential and the weight differential. But what you got to understand, too, is baseball players don't train the same way that football players do. And if football players train the same way baseball players do, I'm sure they could play baseball as well. But, you know, I mean, these guys are just freaks. When you start deadlifting 350 and you're repping them and it's not like two or three, you have some serious strength. And that's that's what, you know, I, I look at Aaron Judge, another prime example. The dude is an absolute brick house. Yeah. I mean, and who... Um, who's the other guy that the Yankees have? They had Stanton, that guy. Stanton, yeah. And that's just, yeah, with ba- yeah. The thing is with baseball, you know, and, he, and whenever like the Marlins signed, they signed him to this re- stand to that ridiculous contract. It was like twenty five million a year. And I think what Derek Je- Derek Jeter's like in the management for the Marlins, and they signed him to that. It's just like you just knew instantly, like two three years down the road, they're gonna trade him to the Yankees or just yeah. dump him to the Yankees, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Yeah, and then while we're on this baseball topic real quick, how about the whopping $56 million our beloved Pittsburgh Pirates paid this year to their uh, to their players? 56, is that the payroll? <laughs> yeah, it's the lowest from any MLB team in the last six years. That's, yeah, they're rebuilding. Well, they maybe they had a hunch. Maybe they had a hunch there was going to be a pandemic and the season would get... <laughs> the season would get... Yeah. To, postponed two months i think they stopped i think they i think what the pirates did they stopped um putting money into their uh into like their staff i think they stopped putting money into their 401k trying to match it they're gonna be laying people off yeah they don't they're trying to get a third baseman (laughs) yeah they're trying to get yeah they're trying to you know develop well, Hurdle's gone. I know Hurdle isn't the manager anymore. And the way they just they right. canned him, they canned him like right before the last game. Like you couldn't just give him that last game of the season. They were just like, "All right, yeah. you're out." <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in my opinion, you know, Clint Hurdle was a great manager for the time being. But when you look at how many screw ups that he's made with leaving starters in too long, leaving relievers in too long, when he he probably cost us. At least 12, 15 games a year based on that alone. And, you know, it's, it's crazy when you look at baseball when you play 162 games. And whenever you're competitive in a year and you're in a good division, the top three teams finish, you know, three, four, five games apart. I mean, it's, it's crazy whenever you look at it like that. And, um, you know, the. <sighs> Hurdle at the time, you look what he did, you look at the success that he brought to the Pirates. I'm on board with it. But, you know, getting rid of Corey Dickerson last year, 
that was that was a black eye, is what it was. I mean that that was a slap in the face. Corey Dickerson was outstanding, and you know when you have a guy like that, you gotta hang on to him. Marte, I can understand because he screwed up a lot on bases, and you know he would have like these little mental lapses, but his potential is through the roof. But they get rid of him. But oh, let's rebuild, right? Or are you going to rebuild? You already have these two players. Yeah, I don't know. They just, yeah, and the Pirates, I think they just, I think, and you can't say, oh, we have a new ballpark. You know, you can't say yeah, that. Exactly. It, you know, you blink twice, and all of a sudden, PNC Park. It's not. It's built in two thousand one. It's been around. This would be its twentieth season, yeah. and it's still, it's still gorgeous. You know, it's still great to watch a game yeah, I mean, in. The fact that it wins, like, ballpark of the year every single year, I mean, that says something. But I will say one thing, though. I went to a game last year. I don't remember who they were playing, but it was in August, maybe late July, somewhere around there. And I started getting sewage smells in uh, in left field. And, you know, that that's kind of like the death sentence of any ballpark. I guess with Three Rivers, that happened. The original Yankee Stadium, that happened. So that kind of like raises an eyebrow, but I'm sure that stadium's built to last at least 30 years, at least. Yeah, that's what they build them for. But yeah, so you start to smell just like yeah, so like the sewer system starting to like yeah. kind of fall apart. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I went to get I went to like two games last year, and the other reason why I went to get it, why I went to those games is because they were literally like they were just like handing tickets. They were handing tickets away for like the box. Yep, and it's yep, just like because companies, companies would like nobody wanted to go. Nobody wanted to go to park it. Like a lot of fans were just like, nah, I don't feel like it. And that just dropped the price of the tickets. Yeah. I think like my dad was offered, was given like a few, and he was like, yeah, you guys want to go to the game? I mean, it's free, it's cheap, we can go. And then we went, and it's like everything was discounted with the ice cream. Like the food there's still good. It's still like ballpark like food, but you know, like a few years ago, going there. And um, watch it. Get, definitely would have been, you know, expensive. Like the demand would have been there, you know. Right. Well, the stupidest thing that they did, in my opinion, was whenever they were winning, and I don't remember what year it was. Whenever they lost to the Giants in that wild card game, the next year, and I want to say the year after that, they hiked up the ticket prices and they left them there. They didn't even have a team at that time, but they left it there. Thinking that people are like, oh, wow, these are the Pirates. They're going to be really good again this year. It was totally the complete opposite. I, I don't understand why they would have done that. I don't know. Just, like, think, um, well, you know, Bob Nutting, I mean, all you got to do is look at the guy. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bob Nutting, it's just, I, I can only imagine what it's like if you're a Pirates fan. Not a Pirates fan, but a Pirates player. And, you know, you're yeah. down in, like, Brandon spring training, yeah. stuff like that. And then, like, Bob Nutting comes in and he tries to, like, give you, like, the, he tries to pep you up before the season. Yeah. Like, how does that guy do it? And then, yeah. you know, like, how does he deliver that? And he just he looks like, um, uh, what does he look like? He just look. Mark Madden calls him the Hillbilly Prince. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a guy, and I think we picked him up on free agency. And before this whole coronavirus thing started, whenever they were down in Bradenton, they asked him, like, you know, what's it like to be a pirate? And and I don't remember his exact answer, but it was something along the lines of like, well, I'm here, I'm playing baseball. <laughs> I like, saw something like that. Basically what you said. <laughs> I saw something like that too. He's like, what's it like to be a pirate? 
and, and what's it like to be a, a pirate baseball player? He's just like, well, I mean, I'm here. This is a job, right? <laughs> like, just no enthusiasm. I'm here to get my check. I mean, if, if you say that and the manager hears that, how in the world do you even keep him on your team? Yeah, there's definitely... Especially whenever you're brand new. Yeah, it's definitely got to be like... It's definitely got to be professional. You know, you got to be professional. Like, you got... like. Right. You know, and the position you're at is like a professional pro athlete is, you know, I have the talent. I've gotten to this point. You know, you got to like want to play. You want to be there. You want to show up. That's the least you could do with all the money. It's yeah. literally like a, at that point you're living a dream, you know. Yeah, I mean, how many kids would love to be in that position that, that will never have that chance? Yeah. And you go and you come out with an answer like that. I mean, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. But, you know, I do understand the rebuilding phase. I mean, it's like hockey. When you look at the 2016 Stanley Cup. And then the 2017 Stanley Cup, how many young guys from Wilkesboro they brought up after Mike Sullivan became the coach. I mean, those, those players were the core of that playoff run both years. And so I understand that aspect. But whatever fans are disappointed year in and year out, sign some big-name guy, give him the money, and let's say you start winning games. Well, people are going to come to the games, aren't they? Yeah, just at this point, just, you know, at least it shows, like, I think if the Pirates went out and they just got somebody, they got like a like a stud pitcher, like a stud right. hitter, and they signed him to a deal, it'd make me come to games. It's like okay, absolutely, because I could understand. You know, I can understand all this. You know, people always talk about, well, it's not the. You know, we're not in the market. We're not New York. We're not Boston. I'm just yeah, like exactly. I'm like who does? I always say this. Who doesn't? There's a lot of people out there that would root for like the Pirates or a historic. You know, franchise, and you could say like you know, New York, Boston, L.A. money. Yeah, it's never going to be quite there, but you could no, get you could get close. You could like at least yeah. approach. It could be better than what it is now. Yeah, you look at the atmosphere in that wild card game that they won. Dude jumped off the Roberto Clemente bridge just to do it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you have any sort of brain and you own that team, and you look at how much love there is for the Steelers, how much love there is for the Penguins. But then you try to sell the fans short? Like, give me a break. And I'll tell you what else is hysterical. You know, Seven Springs didn't have a good ski year. They, they didn't get a whole lot of snow, so let's see how uh, Mr. Nutting is going to uh, try and manage his cash flow now. <laughs> yeah, he had it. He had it. He had it pretty good there for a while because, like, in the summer, everyone's going to the baseball game. And in the winter, everyone's going skiing. Exactly. <laughs> he just knew how to, all seasons, making money. But um, I think like I think back with like uh, the parts like some of the market arguments. I mean, you ever see like those maps? Those maps of like uh, like fan bases for like a team and stuff. Yes. Like Steelers. If you see Steelers in like Pennsylvania, it's pretty much uh, the entire state besides yeah. Philly. So that's like right. you could look at that, and that's like that's easily like seven eight million people in your market right. in Pennsylvania, right. and then like. Eastern, Eastern Ohio, all of West Virginia, and then places down south. But I think the whole South they love uh they love the Braves. Yeah, Atlanta's a huge one down there. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's understandable. I mean they don't have a team in South Carolina. They don't have a team in North Carolina. Braves play in Atlanta. No Tennessee. Yeah. Or Kentucky. No Kentucky Alabama, Reds. Yeah. Mississippi doesn't. Florida has Marlins and uh, the Rays, but, you know, that's beside the point. But, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, 
in, in terms of like a big market, the Steelers have sold out every single game since 1971 or whatever it was. Yeah. Same thing with the Penguins. I mean, ever since Crosby got drafted, I think they sold out every single game. Yeah, they've sold out every game since then. Yeah. Yeah. And the, 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 the viewership is there. Pittsburgh people love to root for Pittsburgh teams. But if you're going to be bad, I mean, <laughs> I don't think I've ever missed a Steeler game in my life. And you can quote me on that because I am I will sacrifice any sort of plans whatsoever just to know at 1 o'clock, you know, I'm in front of that TV watching the Steelers. Oh, yeah. If the Pirates were that good and they were contenders every single year, I would do the same thing. 162 or not. I mean, yeah, I might miss a game or two here and there, but... You know, I'm 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 as big of a Pittsburgh fan as anybody else is in this city. And you know, if you don't put anything that that has a winning culture, and then you look at the history of it, I would love to support that, but I can't get behind it because there is no team. Yeah, and it's definitely just, you know, with how like just the franchise is gone. I mean, it's definitely you know they're definitely in transition. I think it start it definitely starts with the honor. And I think just the ownership has like a toxic, it's a toxic relationship with the fans and it's like aggressive. It should be something that's, it should be something where it's, you know, it's definitely like more, I guess, yeah, it should be like more respect and it should just be, you know, one where it's, you know, I don't, but I don't think he cares. Like, I don't think the guy cares. It's like at the end of the day, he's making a profit and, um, you know, cutting costs. And I think he sees... I think he sees like putting the money up to get a guy to go win now. I think he sees that as like he yeah. sees that as, a, as like a risk. He I think he see, he doesn't think people would follow would follow that. But it's like I know if the Pirates went out and they got a free agent and I saw it in the papers or whatever, read like an article or something about it, and exactly. like a free agent was like a stud, like a you know somebody that was like a stud, like a great player, yeah. it would make me want to go because at least it showed me. But time and time again, it's like the Pirates cut losses especially after the 98 win season in 2015 they decided to drop guys they decided to go oh we're gonna rebuild now why would you go into rebuilding after 98 wins and a wild card game yeah you know i got a lot of flack for this one whenever i said it but after mccutcheon won his mvp i said you need to trade him you need to get him out of here you need to see what you can get and I, I will stand by this if anybody wants to, <laughs> to say anything. I will I will stand in front of this. I wanted him gone. And you look at the last few years that he was here after that MVP season. He wasn't the Andrew McCutcheon that we all knew and loved. I have nothing against McCutcheon, for God's sake. I love him to death. I wish he was, still was a pirate. But, you know, after 98 wins, you could see him start to tick away. And I thought there was a lot of value that could have been had in that. But, you know... When you have that, and then you trade somebody like him away, I mean, you think of the optics that, that fans would see. People don't understand that, you know? If you if you really, truly get baseball, you were able to pick that up, and, and they knew that. But, you know, they were more worried about their how they were seen by, by fans and everything else, that they weren't even willing to do that. Plus, another thing is, too, you look at the merchandise he sold. And the ticket sales for people to come in and see Andrew McCutcheon. It's money, 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 money. And that's all they think about with this organization. Yeah. Yet they don't spend anything. Yeah. I just think, like, I remember, like, after 2015, I'm trying to see who they let who they let go going back to that season. But I know they let go. I believe they went, they let go of uh, 
of a pitcher, and I think they let go of like a hitter or somebody. They let go of just some guys that like help make the team great. I'm just scrolling yeah, through the I'm see. not sure what what year they got rid of Garrett Cole. He was another one. Oh, Garrett Cole had like a bad attitude. Absolutely, it sucked. He didn't. Um, all of a sudden, like he leaves. You know, Garrett Cole shows, like, I think for one season he shows that, like, oh, he's got some stuff. He could really be an ace. And I think that was in, um, I believe that was in 2015. Where, let me see here. Yeah, he yeah, he went 19-8, and eight, 20, age 24, 19-8, ERA 260, 202 strikeouts. Then the other two years, you know, he was having, like, control issues. Kind of whining, like, oh, I don't right. know. Then the minute he leaves town, the minute he left town, all of a sudden he's striking out 350 guys a year. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was. Who lost that wild card game to Madison Bumgarner that was at PNC Park, I think. And I think that was the last game that he was a pirate. But, you know, he, he knew his potential. He knew what he could do. He slowly got drafted by the Pirates. He knew that they weren't going to sign him for what he was worth. And whenever the time was up, he said, see you later. And I, I don't disagree with him because I wouldn't want to be a part of that culture either. And um, I don't remember who the pitcher was, but I was reading something about them. And it just basically said, like, you know, if, if our stuff isn't working this day, we throw a low one in. And that was their go-to. It doesn't take a genius or Ted Williams to figure out, oh, this guy's breaking ball isn't working. Oh, it's coming low and in. And you wonder why pitchers struggle. And, you know, we don't have the best bats in the league by any means at all. So if you want to get into a slugging match and score five, six runs a game to win, it's not happening. We're not the New York Yankees. I'm trying to see who left from that team. I think maybe, I think maybe it was Neil Walker. I think they liked yeah, that. Yeah, Neil. Neil was another huge loss. Because he played, he played second base, and it's like Neil Walker yes. could hit. He could hit like fifteen to twenty homers. Which, if you're a second baseman and can do that, you're pretty good. Yeah, they, they let Neil Walker go. I'm looking here. They had for like the team. Yeah, they just let. Um, I remember Gong. Ah, uh, Gong was always up and down. <laughs> Jung Ho Gong. Yeah, Mister uh, South Korean DUI man. What a waste <laughs> that was. He could have. He could have really excelled. Been a beast. Yeah. That maybe he's maybe he's Kim's uh, cousin or something. Maybe he was <laughs> hanging out north of the DMZ. Who knows. <laughs> I still like when I thought that Kim Jong Kim Jong Un died. Like when I was reading those reports, and I saw like, I guess uh, what did they say about him? It's Kim, reports uh, were that Kim Jong Un is dead or something. I said, well, I guess you are what you don't eat or something. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he can't hey. even do like he's he's he looks horrible. But I think he came back and like how he came back is that I read like some report that he was like. <laughs> Some report. That's pretty much where we're at at this point. Yeah, there was some blog about it. I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> it was on Reddit. Yeah, it was on Reddit. And, um, yeah, it's like Kim Jong-un came back and was just seen hanging out with just, like, his, like, all of his, like, sex slaves or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, and, and this is, quote-unquote, a report that I read, he was having, like, trust issues with people in his inner circle. So he faked like he was dead. He hid out for a few weeks to see which people tried to step up and become his successor. And then, you know, he probably tied him up to a tree within 
anti-aircraft gun pointed at him and then had his way. So who knows? But not not to change the subject or anything, I got a good Neil Walker story for you. All right. I was at a game. Uh, I think I was in seventh grade, and he hit this he hit this rope down the third base line, and I caught it. So I have a Neil Walker foul ball hanging up on my shelf. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a legend. And Neil Walker, yeah, he was uh, he was like a Pittsburgh guy. Like I'm trying to think, yep. where, where, where was he? Pine Richland. Pine Richland, yeah. So, and I think yeah, after that season, I remember they a guy like AJ Burnett. I remember. Oh, um, AJ was the best. AJ was the man. Like the fans, the fans definitely loved him. Like yep. that 2015 team, like was pretty. It was like a pretty yeah. special group. Yep. That was. Do nuts. you remember yeah. the bat, the Batman logo that they put up on one of the buildings whenever he was pitching that one night? Yeah, they did that as like a tribute to him. Yeah, cause that was like his favorite yeah. franchise. Yeah, AJ yeah. Burnett was like, I remember him just being the being the shit. I think I went to a um, I remember getting like a double header once. I don't know if this was in uh, in it was like in thirteen for whatever. But I think it was like when the Pirates were tr- were like making a playoff run. It was like a double header day, and I think AJ Burnett pitched, and the Pirates won like both those games. It was like against the Cardinals because they were both like competing, yeah. but they everybody had Jolly Rock. Jolly Rogers, like the stands were packed. There were like forty thousand people there. It was awesome. It gives you chills. I mean, the only time you ever see sellouts now is if the Yankees or Red Sox are in town, and it's it's pretty depressing. It really is. I heard, I heard, like in baseball, they were trying to do um, what they wanted to do was uh, break break it down to like, I guess they'd have three divisions, ten teams in each. They want to use the uh, spring training leagues, which makes absolutely zero sense because why are we playing the Yankees, the Rays, and the Blue Jays whenever the Brewers, Cardinals, and Reds are playing like the Mariners, uh, <laughs> the the Oakland A's, and a couple other teams out west? Like what? Like you want you want to restrict travel? Well, we're within two hours of every single city that is in our division. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I think I think just everyone's again like all the sports leagues and stuff. I think they've uh, reopened. Um, I think soccer out in uh, yeah. out in Italy and Germany. I think they're playing yep. again. Yep, yep, yep. So I think exactly. in our case, it's going to be a matter. I think it's in like two months now. Hockey? Do they finish the season they were doing, or do they just post? They just end it. They just cancel the rest of it i think they would go straight into playoffs based on the standings um i mean that's what i would do that's what i've been reading i'm not sure but you know it makes sense to do that but but then again like they want to have all these playoff games being held in like richmond virginia pittsburgh and you know phoenix it's like what like let these teams play in their home stadiums whether or not there's fans there or not I don't understand it. I really don't. I mean, and and then back to baseball, just for one quick thing. You know, they want to ban the DH. Well, when you look at AL teams being in the same division as NL teams, who do you think is going to have the bigger advantage with the DH? It's obviously going to be the AL teams. Yeah. I mean, they they build their roster around guys like that. So I, I think they're rushing things. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, I think just like I guess with the test kits and stuff that you have for coronavirus, I'm you, you just I think it's it'll be down to this like playing the games with no fans, but then at the same time like that's gate money, you know? 
yeah. that's revenue there. Yeah, and then exactly. you got to pay these players their salaries. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, yep. does the league want to take a loss like that? Like, every team? Right. Because you're losing, like, a lot. It, and I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely, like, I think they want to get it to a point where it's just everybody. Ideally, you want, like, everybody back, like, at a game, at a venue. But, right. yeah, I think it'll eventually, eventually get there. Yeah, I would by, have to by the fall, probably around the fall, I think. Just yeah, they, you know, they keep saying there's going to be this fall pop up and all this. You know, I don't buy it. You know, you have a you have a bunch of red states that are opening up right now, and I will bet the farm on this. These red states are going to open. They're not going to see any crazy catastrophic death amounts happening, and people in Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, they're going to see this and be like. Okay, so why aren't we open yet? Like, we we can't go to a baseball game. We can't go to a hockey game. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that'll be the. I think America's be the really switch. starting to wake up right now. Yeah, it, it'll definitely be like. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense just for like a state like you know if you're out in like Iowa, that's a more rural, just agricultural state. Like they start first, and then we see like what's going on there. And then like other states kind of do their thing. But I think Florida's <laughs> open. Oh, I know this. I have Instagram. I get Instagram, you know, and you follow the uh, you follow the models on Instagram. You know, they're out and about again <laughs> <laughs> on the boats. They're on the boats and stuff, yeah. you know, just yeah. taking pics of everything. So they're back. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. miss. <laughs> I remember one of them was like posted. It was just like a selfie or something. It was just miss. <laughs> it was like missing this before quarantine. Now it's just all right. I guess we're all back yeah. partying again. Yep. Hey, for your viewers, you know, if you if you agreed with anything I just said about the coronavirus. I want you all to check out plandemicmovie.com, P-L-A-N-D-E-M-I-C, movie.com. I watched this earlier. A couple people sent it to me. And it I heard about it about too, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I got a, I got a text from somebody. It was around like three or four o'clock and I didn't get a chance to look at it. When I watched it, it was like six o'clock and it had 12,000 views on, on this YouTube channel that I had the link for it. I just checked it out before the podcast started. It had 200,000 views in that short time span. Yeah. I watched like a bit, I watched like a bit of the doc and it was like about, um, I don't know, I think it was just some like, uh, it was just some, I think former doc, it was like a doctor, right? And they were like doing AIDS research back in uh, the 80s. It was just how like, there's just, like governments and stuff like they'll let you know they're just messing with like tissue and stuff and they'll develop things like in labs or whatever and then it'll just escape and then yeah a lot of it's like you know what's gonna happen like how we can see it i wouldn't be yeah and now this it's just i heard like uh what what's the i didn't get to finish it but i believe like what the end game they want to do with the virus is they want to like <laughs> they want to make everyone take a vaccine or like microchip. If they're doing microchip, I ain't doing it. I'm not doing well, it. No microchip. Hey, if if I get if I get shot in the head and someone finds me dead within the next few days, well, no, because of this, Bill Gates, his foundation funds the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization was not showing the United States their numbers from China. So Trump goes and he defunds the World Health Organization. Well, whenever you start digging deeper, Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates, they're buddies. Well, Fauci's head of the CDC, and he's the main target in this in this documentary that I just mentioned. Okay, let's put two and two together here. You start talking about mandatory vaccines, 
Bill Gates wants to create a vaccine. How much kickback is Fauci going to get? And how much money is Bill Gates going to get whenever they basically administer a vaccine to every single citizen in the United States, Canada, Mexico, throughout the entire world? I mean, think about it for a second. Yeah, it's definitely like... It's definitely like, yeah, I'm definitely skeptical of like, <laughs> I always ask, I'm always skeptical of like the news, you know, like it's just always, it's always just out there and, you know, it's like, oh, we need a vaccine for this and that yeah. now. Yeah. It's like, was there a time where it's just like people just ate fruit and just herbs and like, yep. yeah, you're, you're all good. You were healthy. You know what I mean? Yep. There was a thing a little bit ago that I watched, um, I'm not sure. Are you familiar with Project Veritas? I've heard. I've like. I've heard like this guy. Like this guy. Like do, do videos. Will go and will do like investigations of like right, corrupt right. government they, agencies. Exactly. They yeah. infiltrate corrupt government agencies. And um, the the video that I watched a little bit earlier was uh, a CBS news story from last Friday, May first. CBS set up this fake coronavirus testing site where there were actual people who, like, needed tested for coronavirus, but there weren't enough to make it look busy. So they, they stacked up these cars, and people were getting fake tests to make it seem like it was a bigger deal than what it was. Yeah. And then there's proof of people who were working at the test site, like, yeah, CBS came in and they told us that, you know, we need to make it look busy. And, and you know, we were just talking. We didn't really test anybody. Yeah. Like, Really? I don't know, that's so, like, that's just so, stuff like that's so fucked, and it's just, like, why people don't trust, why people just don't trust, like, a lot of the media anymore, and everybody has, like, their own sources. Yep. <laughs> and it, it's really just, like, a guy out in the street, you know, you have that perspective, too. Like, you, you're you on your phone, you see just, like, doom and gloom, I, I'll i just be scrolling through, I'll be reading doom and gloom, shit like that, and I just get, like, devastated, and then I go out and I go for, like, a walk. Yeah. Yeah. I feel so much better because I'm just like, really, nothing's going on. Everybody's just kind of hanging out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. to shut down an economy in an election year with a virus. Oh, and by the way, Mr. Fauci said two years ago that this administration was going to be hit with a surprise virus within these four years. Huh. That's that's really interesting, too. Let's think about that one for a second. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, but, you could like, yeah, you could just totally dive it. But like, as we were saying, like, coronavirus. What was it at the beginning? You said like, um, like I always ask like people. It's like, do you know anybody that get the virus? But like, you said like, you know, at, like your place of work. You said like you knew somebody that had, you know, like a relative right. or something that actually got it. And, like that's really just you know unfortunate on that end. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I uh, mean, I, I certainly feel bad for them, but you know. You look at the regular flu, and you look at how many people that the regular flu kills. You know, if you're going to get it, you're going to die regardless of what the strain is. I mean, you're you're in your 80s. You know, maybe you're in poor health. Who knows? I mean, I'm all my thoughts and prayers go out to the people who do suffer from it. But you know, to to shut down an entire economy because of something that has a mortality rate 0.05 percent. Come on now, that's not fair. And then you look at the lady in Texas who owns a hair salon. She got arrested because she was working and, and her door was open. And they pulled her out and they didn't even give her the choice for bail. Yeah, it's just like, I think it's just getting weird. And I think like overall, like I can understand like stopping, uh, 
I can understand, like, wanting to stop the spread, but now, like, states are reopening, and it's just... One thing is one thing that I've noticed is just like nobody's ever like happy with anything. Like it's That's, just it, it, it's like all right, we took a month off. You know, I think the right thing the right thing was definitely like to take a month off. All right, it was like a pandemic that was I coming. We did that, and now it's like we stopped the spread, and now it's just you know we're taking precautions. We're trying to clean as much as we can. Now we got to slowly let people like you know that are least. You know, like that are least risky with the virus. Like people, like like young people that are healthy, like us. Like we should like go back to work. Like that should probably definitely be a yeah. be a thing that needs to happen. Yep. I mean, I'm th- I'm thankful that I get to go to work every day. We're we're basically labeled as an essential business because you know we're dealing with people's finances and their money and everything like that. But the work days are shortened, which is absolutely incredible. You know, you work nine to one and then you get to go home and then do whatever for the rest of the day. So I, I'm a big supporter of that. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you look at you look at every single tragedy in American history, I'm not going to I'm not going to group us all into the same bunch. But, you know, the typical American, they become complacent whenever everything is all fine and dandy. All right. That's fine. You know, we do live in the greatest country on Earth. <laughs> However, you know, whenever tragedy hits. And people's families are affected, and they're affected, and and fears start to begin. It's the only time you ever see action from us. And whenever you do, it is a whole new animal. And that's what we're experiencing right now. I mean, I, I told you, I told you about how many views that that video went within three hours. Yeah. Oh yeah, because people are all just sitting at home, and like people are starting to get sick of it, and then you get yeah. you're you know you start to wonder. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, and, like, Wolf is just, like, Wolf is following whatever, like, uh, Governor Cuomo's doing and, what Phil, and what's impacting Philly. Because Philly's only two hours away from New York. I think, you know, he's going to, like, hold well, Western exactly. PA hostage. Because, you know, you have that rivalry, too, yep. between East and West. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh gets kind of forgotten, you know. Just people think, like, the state of Pennsylvania is, like, it's just Philly and, like, you know, whatever's yeah. outside of Philly and uh, and the All Amish. All was a big congratulations for practicing social distancing and washing our hands a couple of times a day. That's all that he gave us. <laughs> I knew, like, I knew, um, I think, that, like, recently what happened, it was just Allegheny County, I think, like, the other day, it was just no, there were, like, no reported coronavirus deaths. Yeah, there was something like that. Uh, it was, like, in a four-county span where we didn't have anything. But I'll tell you what, though, which is very interesting. I know in New York, what happens is at the beginning of the week, they have this huge spike in deaths. And as the week progresses, the deaths decrease. Well, same thing's been happening here. So whenever you start talking about averages, you know, if you have have 200 people die on Monday, which was, you know, 50 people over the last four days, and then it decreases throughout the week. It's going to inflate the average, like astronomically. Yeah, it's simple math if you really think about it. Yeah. So when you when you start seeing this trend over the span of three four weeks, you got to start to question that one. Yeah, I don't know. I think like uh, I know is like when Wolf Wolf gave like his um his like announcement. I think it was like last Friday talking about and just saying like which states could you know which counties can open up and it was just like the top uh it was the north um it was northwestern part of the state 
everybody <laughs> everybody around here was just like what because <laughs> i think yep. pittsburgh's done pittsburgh's done like what was uh required at yep. the uh like at the time but now it's yep. just i think it's just the governor i knew with this and like in pittsburgh i think they just they dump they dump sand into like uh some skate parks around the city. They just put sand in everywhere. Yeah. And then I, I go to drive to get like pizza. And then it's just, I go to drive to get like pizza, like in the city. And it's just, people are like just walking around. Yeah. Yep. Some people have masks. Some people don't. It's like, I don't think anybody, like, here's the thing. I don't think anybody gives a shit. Like people will just be on Twitter or whatever. And they'll just be saying, don't forget your mask. You got to wear a mask. And then people just turn around out running around, you know, sucking, you know, just having a booty call. Like, I don't know what people are doing, you know, just, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just like say one, say one thing, do another. You know. Well, I went to uh, to North Park last Saturday. Went for a five mile walk with one of my friends, and uh, I mean, it was packed. You you would not believe how many people were there. And people I mean, just not wearing masks and stuff. Like <laughs> there were a few that were. There were a few that were. But you know, I'm I'm sitting there thinking to myself. All these people here that are working out are healthy. You know, if you have the coronavirus, you can't breathe. You're, you're basically dying. And, you know, oh, maintain social distance. Six feet, six feet. Wear your mask. Well, I'm, I'm still breathing. I'm still alive. And it's almost been a week later now. Like, I think I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, and then you go into um, real mess. It's like going to, like, a grocery store. Like, if you're going to, like like a giant eagle or anything like that it's just it's just packed you know there's yeah, tons of exactly. people touching you ever like you just go to the store yes. right and you go shopping yes. and you're just touching like you know you're going into meat you're touching the meat you're grabbing supplies and stuff and your hands you just feel gross after walking through like yeah, exactly. yeah and then i gotta scrub and wash again but it's like i already went out here you know you i mean you can funnel all these people in a giant eagle but thank god you got your cloth mask on that's not going to protect you against anything yeah i just but meanwhile you know Mary and Jim's whole store can't open up because, you know, they're a small business. Yeah, and that's, like, that's what it, it pisses me off, too. It's just, like, small, like, a lot of small businesses are just going to get fucked because, like, you're going to get your Amazon, your Walmart, you know, your big grocers, like, tech, like, stuff. Like, they're going to be fine. But this is hurting, like, small businesses. It's hurting, like, definitely, like, uh, you know, Oil, oil, gas companies. I know that tanked. Like the people they employ to work those industries, and just other airlines and stuff travel. But I think in the long run, like I think a lot of this hype just ends around July, July, August. Really, people just back to work. Right. That's what I keep saying too. Is you know, whenever people start to realize that these states that are open aren't seeing any catastrophic events occurring. People in Pennsylvania, New York, et cetera, et cetera, are going to get really mad because they're going to say, okay, so these people are open. They're going about their normal lives again, but we're still shut down. Like, that's not okay. It really isn't. <laughs> and, and you know, this this happened last week. Um, we, got a, we got an update from one of our family friends. It's a husband and wife. They decided that they wanted to get tested to see if they have the antibodies or not. Well, the wife tested negative. The husband tested positive that he did, in fact, have the virus. Well, she, the husband and wife, obviously, she was going to her parents. Her parents are in their late 80s, early 90s, however old they are. She was around the rest of her family, 
and not one person got it. So now you could call that a false positive. Okay, that's fine. However, when they're saying it is as contagious as it is, you know, let's put two and two together here. Like, that doesn't add up unless it's a false positive. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just, it's one of those things, like, it comes in the news, you know, you hear about, like, coronavirus, and people get, you know, worried because I think they just saw, like, the mortality. It just seemed like if it, it was, like, at 5%, whatever, and people are like, all right, got to shut this thing down. And then we did, but now I think it's just, we're living through it. People are kind of, like, looking around. They're like, I'm fine. Are you fine? Like, I'm not sick. Then you start asking your friends or family, and everyone's like, I think we're good. And then, like, the cases are dropping and stuff, and people kind of are, like we've been out of work or whatever having to stay home for like a month you know you get restless you kind of just want to there's definitely that push i think of the country and the country's like making that turn to i've said this suburban moms determine like what we're doing the suburban moms i uh i said the karens (laughs) the parent the karens the moms they do my like i remember when it first like got on the news right you know my mom you know just you know always worried about her kids right she's just hit me up Hey, I wouldn't. I don't know if I go into work tomorrow. Maybe take a day off. I, you know, just like giving advice. Now it's like a month, month and a half, like into this. It's just like I'm talking to her, and she's just like, "When are we gonna go back to work?" Like, you know, this is. <laughs> I think it's time we go. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what. I hear you completely. It's. Watch some sports too. Get some baseball. Baseball in July. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Triple headers every single day. They got to get those 162 games in. <laughs> yeah, just exhaust them. Yeah. Does the <laughs> well, union know, approve? <laughs> Does the you know, if you think about it too with hockey, if they go straight into playoffs, I, I guess they want to install some sort of like training camp just to get everybody like back in shape to an extent. But you know, you can totally skip like August through October and start the season in November. And, and play those 82 games. I mean, they have they have so many days off in the beginning of the season. And, you know, towards the end of the season, they're playing every other day. What, in uh, hockey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I have no clue. I don't think, I don't think like, the commissioners really know because it's all about just what the government, you know, what the government's going to say. Like, all right, when right. you can do this and uh, – yeah, I think it's just going to reach. It's all about like just pressure from like the public. Right. I think right now it's did Ohio open back up? Did they open up yet? I know what. I yeah, think it, I think they did on Monday or last Friday. I'm not sure. I, I know something started opening up, and you know that's another thing too. I feel so bad for golf courses in this area. When you know, do you golf at all? I do not. I, okay. I kind of want to though. When you golf. Yeah, I mean, you can share a cart with people, but you can get your own cart, you can walk, you can play golf, you don't have to touch anything, you can stay as far apart as possible, but then meanwhile, they're like, oh, yeah, all golf courses are closed. So what do we do? We go to West Virginia, we go to Ohio, we go to New York, we go to Maryland to play golf, it's totally fun there. Like, Really? Okay, this is why I have a map. I have a map here, and it's saying it's updated May six. I think the states that have reopened. Well, Louisiana got hit. I think pretty bad with it too. They're one of the top states. Not as bad as New York, but um, like most of the South, most of the Western states are reopening. But like it's like Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, California, Oregon, 
Nevada, uh, Washington State, New Mexico. Right. You know, like most of the Northeast besides like Maine and New Hampshire and Rhode Island. Then Pennsylvania is kind of like partial. I think West Virginia, West Virginia is open. Ohio's like opening soon, I think. So I think it's just like step by step thing, and I think um, I know. Wouldn't it be weird? It wouldn't it be weird if just like just everything opens up, right? And then like two three months down the line, it just becomes like old news, you know? Like oh yeah, remember coronavirus? Yeah. That's, that's why I keep saying the states that are opening up, they're not going to see crazy death rates, and people in states that are still shut down or on limited shutdown, they're going to say, "What the hell?" Yeah. And I mean, you're you're already seeing it with with the protesters in California. They can't go on the beach. Why can't you go on the beach? You know, Michigan. You know, they they protested at the Capitol, and the governor basically insinuated, "Guess what? You protested. You're locked down for another few weeks." Really? Me? <laughs> I think like I think like just um. I don't know. I just like my view on protesting is like I think just like protesting is like. I just think it's dumb, like, either way, but I get, um, I get, like, what, I guess, like, the concerns are, like, everybody, but at the same time, it's just, I don't know, you just kind of wait it out, and then, like, make a few, make a few phone calls, or you just start bitching, but I feel bad for, um, definitely, like, a small business owner, like, if you own a salon or something like that, like, you're definitely... Yeah, I mean, we're, we're basically labeled as a small business, and we're totally blessed because we're able to get that paycheck protection program that they were uh, that they were issuing. And the people who weren't able to get that, I mean, I feel so bad. I mean, you look at the O. I mean, they've been around for how long, and they had to shut down. And whenever you start talking about cash flow on a, uh, on a small business standpoint, especially restaurants – you know they they budget their things month by month. They know the they know the flow of, of money and the people that come in. Yeah, they plan they, these things out, and then it's just like exactly. if something like that fucks with it. You're like, ah, we can't yep. stay in business. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know it's it's so sad. I mean, people have been in business for 20, 30 years. That's all they know, and then out of nowhere, this comes. Oh, you can't do this. You're shut down. You're out of business. What do you do now? Uh. Yeah, it's like and then, again. And then it's you like, look at the gaff of, of the unemployment website that Pennsylvania had. People are still waiting for checks. People haven't worked in months, and they still can't get any money. Like why? Yeah, because of all just it's on that one uh, government site. Yeah, and people are still like, wait. Yeah, a lot of people Pennsylvania filed for unemployment. I think unemployment. What's the not? I think we get the number Friday, right? Yeah, I think Thursday I'm or Friday. I think it's gonna be around like twenty. Could be around like twenty percent or something. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. Like it go. It, what did it go from? It went from like three point. Went from like three point eight or whatever. Yeah. Just two months ago, now it's gonna be at like twenty percent because of this virus. Yeah. I think a lot of people are just gonna go like, uh, yeah, we gotta um, get back to well, get back to work. Was that the unemployment was so low in the country that they didn't allocate the necessary funds to be able to provide. This much unemployment. So next thing that happens, states go bankrupt. States go bankrupt. They want the federal government to bail them out. Well, the federal government just spent more money in the first quarter of the year than they did in the entire last year. Yeah. It's not going to fly because they literally can't. I mean, we're we're probably close to $25 trillion in debt federally right now. 
Yeah, that's not, not that's not good long term. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> eh, I don't know. I just hope. Uh, I just hope it's what like. Uh, I just hope Pennsylvania is open by like around like June. That'd be nice. If it goes longer yeah. than that, I'm gonna start getting kind of like. Might start <laughs> might start calling people and be getting left on voicemail. <laughs> Call some agencies and stuff, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, we can't help you." I just think it's funny whenever like I saw some report where it's like Peduto like put a like, I think he tweeted some he tweeted something out that like how P- Pittsburgh's not gonna have like a surplus, you know, it's screwed, yada yada. Then he went yeah. out and he just dumped. He had like, uh, you know, we have like a hiring freeze for the city, you know, all yep. this, you know, people that want to be employees. Meanwhile, he like I think he sent he literally I think he sent people out. To go just put sand into like the city park so you couldn't skate or something. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Like I was just like, I don't know, that's not coming from like that's the it, tra- it's not, embarrassing is the one it's is. not being political, but it's just I just think that's that's like petty. That's just like yep. a petty thing to do. Yep. And then put his name, it's like and then they put their name on it. Like every governor and like fucking you know, just state any kind of official just put their name on it. Like they put their yep. name on the state whenever you drive into Pennsylvania. Tom Wolf governor uh, Tom Corbett, governor, it's like, I don't care. You know, what about just Pennsylvania? You know? I like whenever you go to the DMV and ever you see a sign of the governor up on the wall like it's the Soviet Union with Khrushchev. <laughs> <laughs> you just see like, oh, the DMV is so depressing. I, I It's like a horror show. You get a number, yeah. you sit there, everybody hates it. Everybody hates yeah. themselves. Oh, I get an anxiety attack every time I go. Uh. Like, I, I feel like I'm like trying to take my driver's license test again. Uh, did you take it at a DMV? Which DMV did you go to? Um, I think it was in Beaver Falls. I know there was one at Bridgeville, and they are there's one at Bridgeville. They're dicks. They'll fail people. Like they'll just yeah. you you might have to go two three times. You're wasting all this money to try to yeah. get your thing. But I took like a I took a course. I took like yeah. a there's like a course offered. It was like Kennedy School of Driving. So it's like I'm from. Where I'm from in Kennedy, and I just like this old guy just showed up, picked me up, and I just drove around this old guy, and he was like, yeah. "All right, what's up, kid?" And he's just yeah. like funny. And he was like, "All right, let's go get Wendy's." <laughs> and we went and he got Wendy's, and he's like, "All right, you enjoy? I think you're all right." And he's like, "Here's your test." And then we went to like a, this is the test. We just went to like um, we went to like a high, we just went to like a parking lot at a high school, right? And just drove around. He's like, "All right, you're good." <laughs> Look good, look good to me. Stop, turn, no parallel park. You know, no. Yeah. And the only time you really need to know how to parallel park is if you're in uh, the city. Like if you're trying to park exactly. somewhere in the city. You live outside. And, then, and then that's the pass and fail requirement for every single test. Yeah, and if you botch that, they, they're, they're dicks. Nope. Yeah. I got a good story for you about parallel parking. Yeah. I, um, I went up to the DMV and, you know, I don't get nervous unless it's for a test. I don't understand it. I'm never nervous unless it's a test. <laughs> so I was, I was shaken. I mean, I was so scared. So um, I, it's time for my appointment. Guy comes into the car, and he, he's like, immediately, turn on the air conditioner. I'm hot. I'm like, okay. So he turned on the air conditioner, and he's telling me where to go. And at the Beaver Falls DMV, you literally drive around a parking lot that that's like um, all these different stores and stuff. So you're going five miles an hour, and you're just stopping at stop signs and looking both ways. That's all it is. He's like, okay, you're going to make it right here. You're going to make a left. Let's, let's see you parallel park. 
And my God, I nailed the most perfect parallel park of all time. So people that I talked to who passed their test, they said, well, as soon as you're in the box, you put on your left turn signal, you look over your shoulder and you pull out. So that's exactly what I did. (laughs) He goes, he goes, secure your vehicle. And I looked at him, secure your vehicle. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, what, what, what does secure your vehicle mean? So yeah. I locked the doors on my car. <laughs> so he's like, no, put it in park. I'm like, you couldn't have said put it in park. This dude gets out of the car in a torrential downpour, walks around the entire car to see if I'm in the lines or not, which I was because I proceeded to pull out after I was already in them. Yeah. And, and he like drew up this little diagram. He was like, yeah, you're out of the lines. I got to fail you. Be kidding me? Are you serious? <laughs> that's so like that's so like petty. Like, yeah, going to the DMV and just taking like your driver's test. Like, like those guys are just always miserable there. <laughs> Working at the DMV. Well, to be fair, there's always a lot. There's always a line. Yep. And it's just and it's just it's just miserable. Yeah, they're like next up, you know. Yeah. And then you get your photos. I had to go get my um, real ID this year because my license expired. And the picture of me is from whenever I was 18. So yeah. I'm a real Christian now. I think you, you need a real ID. I think you, we have to get real ID to go. I believe it's for airports, right? Correct. Or yeah, is it I for everything? Is it for everything or is it just like going to like an airport? I think it's an airport uh, like government, government building. Yeah, right? government buildings, courthouses, uh, flying, all that fun stuff. You know, I, I, I begin to realize that, you know, fake IDs have become so prevalent and uh, so easy to make that they had to do this. Yeah, I was just getting to that. Yeah, I, I could remember a few stories with, like, just people getting, like, fakes and <laughs> people getting right. fakes and just, like, knowing how to use them. Do you have one? <laughs> a fake ID? Yeah. I have a card. I have a, I have a card and it's just – it's one of, like – um. It's one of uh, it, it's Jules. It's Jules from a Pulp Fiction. That's his like driver's license. <laughs> and sometimes I'll show that. I'll just show that to like fuck with people, and they're like, "I don't think you look like that." It's like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> but yeah, I just have that sitting in there for I don't know. Yeah, no never had one. Never had any desire to. That was boring. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny though. That was. Uh... I'll, I'll just pull that's that here and there if I'm bored. Feel yeah. like fucking with somebody. Yeah. But I watched Jarhead last night. Have you seen that movie? Jarhead? Yeah. No, I've not. What is it? What's it about? It's on. Uh, it's on Netflix now. It's with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, basically my take on it: they tried to make it like a, a modern day, like Full Metal Jacket. It came out in twenty or no, no, no it was uh, two thousand five. Wasn't that great? Probably will never watch it again. It was with him, Jamie Fox, um, and then I think the quarterback from uh, Friday Night Lights was in it too. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. So it was like they're trying to make a modern full metal jacket. Yeah, kind of, sorta. It's similar to it. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I, I probably won't watch it again. Yeah. All right, there Have you go. seen Tiger King? <laughs> I saw, I saw, um, I what I saw, I saw the first four episodes of it, and I just oh, kind of stopped. F- 
finish it? Gotta finish it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, I think just the best part, I think, you know, it, it was definitely over the top. At, well, I think because they opened up, uh, you know, they reopened up Oklahoma. Now he has like crowds of people there. That yeah, is park. Yeah. It's become like a tourist thing. Joe Exotic will yeah. finally become the millionaire he wanted to be. <laughs> and he's definitely like a dick. He's so like, he's, he's so fucking he funny. For president, would you believe me? He ran for president? Yeah, that's why you have to keep watching. Yeah, and he goes, he goes through those depositions. I do. I might have to rewatch it. Just rewatch the whole thing to get, like just refresh myself and know like where I'm at. But Not yeah, him at those depositions, like when he's talking to, like the lawyers and shit, he's such a he's such like a dick, like Adam. But but like he he's definitely like charismatic. He's definitely a weird guy, but he, yeah, he does have like a charisma because he's just so bizarre. You know, you're just drawn like you're just drawn into like this dude. That just get yeah, with his I mean, mullet, his mu- and then his real name. Like I can't even pronounce his real like last name. It's yeah, I don't remember what it is. I guess um, oh, what's his name? Baga. Uh, the guy from North South Carolina who has the tiger place. Oh, I can't think of his name right now. Anyway, I guess there's a documentary coming out on him pretty soon. Oh, was he the guy that's kind of like? Well, like his thing was like kind of like a cult. And he, he yeah, just had all these. Yeah. He just I, had. And he had all these like, girls. He had all these girls like, yeah, yeah women working yeah. on. They were like his wives and stuff. Like yep. just something like yep. that. Yeah. I think his name's Bagavon or, or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it is. Yeah. But yeah. I guess there's a documentary coming out about that. Now there's some good TV out there. Last Dance, Tiger King. Definitely, you need to watch those. Must watch. Last Dance, Tiger King. Yeah. Must watch. Must watch. Certified by me. <laughs> Christian approved. Christian C- Christian approved. CC. There you go. Don signed, sealed, <laughs> delivered. Signed, sealed, delivered. Yep, you got it. I'm at I'm at about uh like an hour twenty. So I think I think we'll probably wrap it up here. Do you have anything else you'd like to like to plug? Anything no. you want to say no. to the listeners? The the millions. Hey. If you, if you like what I said, follow me on Twitter, Sir underscore Seeps, S-E-E-P-S. Instagram, Christian underscore Seepos, S-E-P-O-S. Angie's the man. Keep updated on his podcast. You will not be disappointed. It's always a good time. It's always a pleasure to have you on, sir. You too, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Take care. Have a good one. Stay safe. You too. Stay safe. Bye. Peace. That's the pod for this week covered a lot of topics we talked sports we talked corona we talked you know maybe there's some shady bullshit about corona you know i don't know but it's worth asking you're just asking you know asking the questions there's nothing wrong with that especially with the coronavirus it's just my thing with corona is you know, it's like the social dis- the social distancing and stuff, and you know, there's like memes and stuff everywhere where you could see this. But it's just people keeping their distance. You know, it's six feet. How they come up with six feet? Like, who determines six feet? Why not ten feet? Why not three feet? Why has it got to be six? Who'd they go to that was six? Was the person who recommended six was he six foot? Is it just because that sounds like a solid number? I hope with this ends, we keep six feet of distance. You know, for some people, you know, people we don't like, ugly people, keep the ugly people six feet away. And that's all subjective, you know. I don't know what I'm saying at this point, but that's the podcast. That's Christian Sipos. You know, 
I'll post his links in the uh, description. And, um, yeah, I hope you have a good time. I mean, in the future, we'll definitely have some more guests upcoming. I don't know yet. But, uh, you know, you're down and just hanging out for so long. Got to make a podcast. You got to gotta have something to pass the time for the pe- for the people. Do it for the people. All right. That's it. See you out there. Until the next one. Have a good one.